2019 got out the racing blocks in terms of returns for South African equity, but we actually have seen sentiment deteriorate quite significantly during the course of the first half of the year. In addition, we had a number of company results being released, and the common theme has been weak results and management outlook quite subdued, reinforcing just how challenging the underlying economic situation is. Joining me to discuss the events of the first half of the year and, more importantly, provide an outlook. While we're thinking about South African equities is Coronation's Portfolio Manager, Pallavi Anbakar. Welcome, Pallavi, and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Kirshni. It's good to be here. Let's start off with what's happened over the course of the first half of the year, in particular the second half where we had negative sentiment and just the market being hit a bit. Sure. Firstly, to start off with, I think overall, just to put in context, the JSC is up a commendable 12.2% year-to-date. This is to the end of June. And this was quite pleasing to see as the SA equity market performance over the last few years has actually struggled to beat inflation. However, what we did see is that the bulk of this gain came in the first quarter with a slowdown in the rate of market gains in the second quarter to just 3.9%. And really, the slowdown in the market growth rate has really been driven by a few factors. So from a macro perspective, we had a relatively smooth and uneventful election process where the outcome was broadly in line with expectations. However, what we did see was underlying economic growth was very muted, and we saw this come through with this big negative GDP quarter one print. The increased global trade tensions, the lack of policy certainty, and of course, ESCOM's debt burden on the fiscal deficit all weighed in on business and consumer confidence. And as a result, what we saw was very constrained retail sales and corporates who were just unwilling to invest. So it really did come as no surprise that we saw domestic stocks, as you mentioned, report very weak results, and earnings expectations came in a lot lower than what we had expected. And what does this mean then for how we're putting portfolios together? You know, not only the specialist equity portfolios, but also multi-asset class portfolios where a large number of our retirement fund clients are actually invested. So, of course, what we saw with these earnings misses was share prices reacted quite severely on the domestic front. um, And we saw a lot of these local domestic stocks come back quite significantly. We still remain cautious and selective about adding to these holdings. It doesn't mean that we're completely ignoring domestic opportunities, where, of course, we feel a share presents good value and we can build high-conviction, long-term investment cases for them. We will definitely act, but we haven't added materially to our domestic SA equity at the moment. You feel like the share prices at the moment are not truly reflective of all the, the risks that they're facing? Yeah, I think structurally, you know, what we're seeing in, in South Africa is even the very high-quality defensive businesses are really struggling to show meaningful earnings growth. And, you know, I talked about poor consumer sentiment. I talked about businesses' unwillingness to invest. I mean, that's filtering through in terms of their top line. So you're seeing low volumes. You're seeing extremely low inflation. And then on the cost side, they're feeling structural cost pressures come through. So whatever weak revenue lines that they're managing to eke out, it's been completely eaten away. So earnings misses and margin pressures, I think, are here to stay for a while. We have to tread very carefully here. And of course, as I said before, if the ratings adequately reflect all the downside potential and we think it's attractive enough on a long-term view, of course we will act. But right now, I don't think the extent of deterioration in the earnings basis is being properly reflected in share prices. And offsetting that in our SA equity markets, we also have a dilemma. I mean, we are 
very highly positioned in these large global listed stocks, they have also derated quite meaningfully in fact. So our positions in the funds are still very much towards the likes of global shares like British American Tobacco, Naspers, Mondi, Quilter, MTN, ABI, all very attractive in their own rights from a bottom-up perspective. And just in terms of the multi-asset class portfolios, can you just talk us through where we're sitting with our equity exposure, so our exposure to South African equities at the moment at a portfolio level? So from a SA equity exposure level in our multi-asset class funds, we are underweight SA equity. We are also underweight our offshore exposure. So we are sitting in our house view equity funds at around 25% as at the end of June. As you all know, we can be at the maximum of 30%. Um, and largely what's crowding out the SA equity exposure and also our offshore exposure is a large allocation to the SA fixed income space. So we have quite a meaningful exposure to local bonds. And here what we're seeing is really high real yields after adjusting for inflation and a low growth environment in South Africa, which is impeding the ability for domestic businesses to show earnings growth, also increases the relative attractiveness of bonds versus equity. And I mean, just I suppose leading on from there, the right question is, so we're pretty hawkish or pretty concerned about the return expectations from the SA equity market from here on out for the foreseeable future. We are. I think, I think we still expect the SA equity market to beat inflation. I think what we've seen over the last three to five years is very muted return growth. So off that low base, I think we can beat inflation. Also, we must acknowledge that globally risk appetite and the attitude towards risk appetite has shifted. So beginning of the year, I think most people's views were that rates were going to rise. We have now seen a shift that rates globally are going to come down. That has increased risk appetite. So that is also going to provide a tailwind for markets around the world, but our markets as well. I think what we're seeing, though, is from a valuation perspective, from a fundamental perspective, a bottom-up perspective, we still have to remain cautious and very selective in the investments that we make. Now, you talked a bit about some of the portfolio-defining stocks that we hold, British American Tobacco, Naspers, Mondi, Quilter, all of them have quite an element of brand hedge to it, and more global stocks than, than being purely exposed to the South African economy. Is that all just valuation driven? What are we seeing from the bottom? Or do we also just couple that with really exciting opportunities in any of these stocks? So I'll, I'll talk about two, two shares in particular. So British American Tobacco, you may have heard us discuss quite extensively in the past or seen in our commentaries. We think the share is very cheap at the moment. And of course, it's had its own issues with the potential regulatory headwinds in the US. We think some of these risks around banning menthol, for example, have dissipated. And of course, there are other risks, like, for example, regulating the nicotine levels down to very low levels, but we think those risks are very long dated. So the share trades on a single digit PE, it's on an 8 or a 9 PE, it's a 7% dividend yield, Um, it's a high quality business, high return business, very strong cash generator. So for us, we continue to think that it deserves a large position in our funds. And balancing that is, as I mentioned before, trading cautiously in terms of increasing our positions in some of the lower quality shares. So, for example, Sassel, which has had a meaningful underperformance, especially in the last quarter. 
Um, we've been quite favorably positioned there. We were underweight in terms of our positioning in Sasol. And we saw in late May they came out and disappointed yet again on the Lake um, Charles chemical project. We're once again announcing an overrun in terms of the capex that would be required to complete the project. So the share price is now meaningfully derated on the back of that announcement and, of course, a few other concerns. We've looked at this share carefully, once again evaluated all the risks and the downside potential versus the kind of return potential we're seeing from the share price at these levels, and we think there's sufficient margin of safety to at least close our underweight position, and not yet enough to go significantly overweight, but at least to start increasing and adding to our holdings. Super. So what we're seeing is tough economic conditions, so markets remain challenging, risks are high, and therefore rigor is needed to to pick out those counters that we think uh, valuation compensates you for the risks and that will actually generate decent and adequate returns going forward. Absolutely. I think that in a global market, we continue to see uncertainty. I mean, we see significant policy changes, either positive or negative, that are delivered by tweet daily. Our SA economy, I think we should see some recovery in growth off a very low base, but if we see no firm policy direction, no workable solution around ESCOM's debt burden, then I think it will be very difficult to get meaningful traction. Um, Our focus, I think we have to continue to identify those opportunities that offer compelling long-term value. And then again, you know, balance our investment ideas and our asset allocation so that we can build robust portfolios. Thank you very much, Pallavi. Thank you, Kirshni. (laughs) 